Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris-Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We are here and time has come. This is the start of the Tour de France 2019. Before we start this podcast on the way, let me remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. And you can, of course, schedule rides with our friends at Zwift. Joining me outside here in the fresh air in Belgium, the Belgium fresh air, it's Dave McKenzie. You love Belgium. I do love Belgium. You know what, though? And this is maybe not a good thing to say. I feel like I'm on day 75 already. I mean, we did start our tour a little bit early in the beautiful city of Ghent. I chaperoned you around. I, I forced some uh, beautiful Belgian beers uh, down, down your throat. So I feel like I'm already a week or 10 days into it. We are actually 10 days into it. So also, quick apology. We have a helicopter going round and round and round. We had placed a few calls, but it's not moving. Maybe it's filming us. I don't know. Uh, but you might hear a bit of noise and background noise as an helicopter. But you know what? It proves that we are outside. Yes, we are here. We are live and we are literally almost right on the finish line. And who's coming in in this podcast just right now? None other. That's the only winner of the Tour de France, only winner of this yellow jersey, Cadel Evans. Hi, Cadel. Hello. How do you do? I'm really good. Thank you for coming on our, on our show, on our podcast. Look, it's awesome to have you in a, in a podcast, but it's awesome to have you in Brussels in this Tour de France. How does that feel? Ah, well, oh, thanks for having me. I'm, not, I'm the only Australian winner, I think, is the, is the point there, Bing. There's been, been about 100, 100 other winners of the Tour de France, of course. But, um, sorry, to your question. <laughs> um, I come as a, a spectator to the race now, as a, a supporter to Team Dimension Data, as part of my role as professional professional role. But um, to come back to the Tour, it's, um, oh, yeah, I sort of get... Um, Yeah, I get a little bit nervous because it is the first week of the tour, but of course I'm here to enjoy it. And what amazes me now as a non-rider is just seeing so many people so happy to be at a bike race. For me, that's fantastic. And the success, of course, of, of cycling in Australia, I guess, should be uh, also because your, your race is doing really well. Oh yeah, thank you. We're 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 improving. We've just been uh, we've just been sanctioned uh, world tour for the women's race as well. So we're both men's and women's world tour race in the first weekend of February in 2020, which is um it's been a bit, that's a big step for us. And and again, it's from being a rider in the Tour de France to being on the other side of the barriers, being involved in race organisation. My my other professional role with the BMC company, being involved in the bike industry. It's been a, a very interesting learning process. But um it's been still I'm involved in cycling, and I have to say my passion for the sport my passion to ride it, it hasn't changed at all you're the only person in australia that know what it takes mentally to actually win this bike race uh, you know what the guys are feeling today yep today is especially i think an extra nervous stage and extra to get through today unscathed and not lose any time there'll be a lot of a lot of gc riders uh, re sighing um, giving a sigh of relief if they get through unscathed i see kilometer sort of six six point five to about kilometer three is really that's a real danger zone in today's today's final um not even accounting the cobbles but um Being in Belgium, being the first day, there's the yellow jersey up for grabs in a sprint. Today's going to be um, particularly difficult. But then, of course, the whole first week is overly nervous. Um, and then, then you go into the second week, things start to calm down. But, of course, you have mixed in tomorrow's team, team time trial. Then mountains, plunge to Belfi straight away, uphill finish, very steep finish. It's a, it's a real 
taxing tour this year. We're all talking about the fact that it's probably the most open tour in, in years. Uh, what's your take on it? Um, yeah, certainly with um, Chris Room not being here, it opens things up a little bit. But I think Team Ineos is still by far the most best prepared and the strongest team. And, and then they still have last year's defending winner, Garrett Thomas, who of course isn't on his... Um, who's not on his, um, doesn't seem, has indicated that, that he's on, on the level that he was last year, but I think coming into the second half, he'll probably probably come back to that. But Bern, um, Egan Bernal, in my mind, is the favourite to win. He's not too young? He's very young, but he's very talented. Colombian riders mature earlier, and he does have a very experienced team around him to make up for his lack of experience. OK, one last question, and I'll let you go. I know you're a very busy man, but Brussels really turned it on. Oh, this I think today the crowds today and you know, the Belgians love cycling and whenever the tour comes comes to Belgium it's just the tour is big and then when it comes to 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 Belgium it's really there's you have the the, the big the size of the tour but then when it comes to Belgium you also have the passion of passionate cycling fans and that um, those things together make it very special. Cadel, thank you for popping into the podcast. Thank you very much for having me on. Kelly Evans is just simply a legend, an Australian legend. He's the only, that like we mentioned, is the only Australian person in the whole world that knows what it takes to win a bike race like the Tour de France. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? And we, we I think we don't need reminding, but we, we should because it is special what he did. And, you know, the fact that he was second twice, you know, he was fifth, I think, a couple of times. I mean, he was destined to win this great race and we're very proud of him. He was always going to win that race. Oh yeah, well <laughs> I don't know. It was you know when I was there, it wasn't until that Grenoble time trial when he crossed that line. Then we, I think we all breathed a sigh of relief. Okay, and then again another star coming up. That's for you. Tom Boonen is with us. Hi Tom, how are you? Hi, hi guys, I'm good. He's good, but you know what? As I was walking towards him, he saw me and went, oh, jeez, not another one. You're trying to hide, Tom. <laughs> you can't hide from the Australians. You should know that. Yeah, it was a very busy day. It was uh, at the start this morning and. Uh, I wasn't at the races that much, so the people were pretty excited to see me again. And then all the media, of course, being here in Belgium for the Tour de France, they wanted to have a quick chat. And then we went, watched a few places to, uh, to watch the race, and I was just coming back from the mix zone. <laughs> you know, I think you, you actually need to get back on the bike and race. It'll be a bit more relaxed. It is, it is. The most <laughs> relaxing place to be on in the Tour de France is on the bicycle. And it was always surprising, like... Um, all the stuff that's going on around the Tour de France, as a rider, you were never aware of. You just ride and then you arrive at the finish line and they start asking you questions about something that you didn't heard of. But it's a big item in the media, for example. It just, yeah, you just focused on the bicycle and trying to be uh, as soon as possible in the hotel, have a massage, some dinner, and then it's 10 o'clock, 10.30, and yeah, relax for 30 minutes and go to bed. Yeah, yeah, welcome to our world, mate. This is what I've been doing for the last 13 years. It's crazy, but I love it. Now, tell us, though, the start in Belgium and in Brussels, I think, firstly, the, the team presentation. And I must say, I saw the vision afterwards because I was snuck around the corner getting interviews with the riders, but the reception that big Eddie Merckx got, it was just incredible. And I know you probably, you guys expect that. We do too, but it was just sensational. Yeah, Eddie is still pretty, pretty loved back here and... Um, it's also something, if you think about it, I don't think there's any rider in the world who could get a tour start to his home city. 
uh, but Eddie can, so that makes him quite special. Uh, everybody's very grateful for that as well. And we don't have that many tour starts in Belgium. The last one was from 2004, so people were always yeah, eager to find out when was the tour coming back to Belgium. And then when the news came a few years back that it was going to come to Brussels, especially with the anniversary of Eddie's first tour victory, yeah, it was big news. So uh, all the cycling fans and I think also a lot of normal people were here today to just watch it and see what happens. If we look back at the race, it's a Dutchman that wins, a Dutchman that gets the yellow on Belgium soil. How does that feel? Yeah, but he had a he has a Belgian background actually. He's a, he's a, he's a you, you like us, the French, we cling to anything you can. You know? Yeah, yeah no, but he's a tough kid. He's a tough kid. You, um, I, I still train together with Maarten Wijnand sometimes, his teammate, and he told me already, I don't know, last year, like, watch this guy. He has a uh, he has your legs, <laughs> and um, yeah. So I started following a little bit closer, like not just watch the race and don't even know who he was, but just follow him a little bit closer. And he's a strong kid. Eh? And also today, if you watch at the race, um, okay, he's relaxed in the final because he's leading out, so no pressure. But then the moment Dylan crashes out and yeah, he takes the responsibility straight away and he beats Sagan on the line. So that means you got some balls. Eh? It's, it's sliding doors sometimes in life, isn't it? I yeah. think not just in sport, but that's a classic example of that. As soon as uh, Dylan was down, yeah. he stepped up and... Those opportunities, they don't, they don't come along like that all the time, do they? No, that shows who, uh, who you are. And um, I was just talking to some Dutch media as well. And uh, I think this little victory here is going to change a lot of things inside the team, in his life. And because tomorrow they're, they're contenders for the stage win with, uh, with Jumbo in the team time trial. Or top three. So it's a good possibility he stays in yellow tomorrow. And then the day after is a good sprint for him again. So... We started today with a big favorite for the sprint was Dylan Grunewegen, and maybe this little victory of, of Mike Turner has changed everything in the team. So probably we'll see Grunewegen leading him out on Monday, and yeah, sometimes changes like that happen suddenly, unexpected, and it can change your career. Tom, you've been ace. Thank you for popping into the podcast. No problem, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is incredible. Like the stars, the cycling stars keep popping into this podcast. Can we talk about this race? Uh, look, I just want them to leave us alone. Come on, please. Let us talk about the race, guys. No, isn't it great? Isn't it great? And you know what? They're all, so, they're all pretty humble these days, and uh, especially in retirement. And it's good to have them here. And they're all at the biggest race, of course. Why wouldn't they be? Absolutely. And I just wish this uh, helicopter could uh, just go away uh, behind us. because, But at least it shows we are live. We are here. We're making this podcast work in no matter what the conditions. Maka, let's come back and concentrate on what we have just seen. Okay, let's recap what we have just seen. Stage one of the Tour de France for this year. We have a surprise winner. We just discussed it with Tom Boden. Yeah, we had a surprise winner. But in so many ways, we're not surprised by what unfolded in the stage. Not just by that, that, that sprint finish, the crash, the carnage, um, the crowds on the road. How good were the crowds, especially on the Murder Guamont and, the, and, of course, the Bosberg. So it gave us everything that we expect. But even then, there's always little elements and you just say, wow, and Tunison, nobody in our tipping comp picked him. And I guarantee you listeners, if any of you did tipping, come on, I want to see proof because no one would have picked Tunison to win the stage. Absolutely. So let's recap a little bit as well why Tunison won this stage because he's the lead out for Grunewagen. Grunewagen crushed and like, like Tom Budden said, straight away, he switched and then he's winning this thing. Yeah, that's what you have to do. And, and look, really good lead out, men. And, and when we say lead out, he's one of the last pegs in that train. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's capable of winning himself. Um, Grunewagen in a straight line sprint is quicker, no doubt. 
that Tunison, uh, you know, it's like Mark Renshaw who's just announced his uh, retirement at the end of the season. These guys are fast enough almost to win themselves if the cards fall their way. So it worked out for him, you know, and it's classic that he's got that he's got that switch and uh, he he flicked it and and, and uh, you know he still had to have the legs. I mean, it was an uphill drag to the finish and. You know, let's not forget, you've got to beat guys like Peter Sagan, Michael Matthews, um, you know, the Australians are all in the mix, and there's a few others there as well. Let's talk about the Aussies, because we saw Michael Matthews really at, at the pointy end of, of, that, uh, of that sprint. What happened to him? Oh, look, I don't think, uh, I don't think anything bad happened. I think he, he, to be honest, from what I saw in the replay, he just wasn't quick enough. He just wasn't good enough, unfortunately. And um, look, probably Caleb Ewan is more so a little bit more focused on because I think he, he got slightly boxed. And again, you know, they're right there, but you just need all the one percenters to go your way. And, you know, you, you flick left at the end or you flick right or you stay in the middle. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes the road opens up for you and other times it doesn't. Absolutely. So we've got a new yellow jersey, uh, someone that never wore the yellow jersey before. First time since 1989 that a Dutchman wears a yellow jersey. I'm going to have two questions for you. Who was it and where was it? I know exactly who it was and exactly where. This okay. Peanut will be proud of me and he will know why I know uh, So this. this is not totally not rehearsed and I swear it's not rehearsed. Who was it and where was it? It was Eric Broekink. And it was 89 Tour de France, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And the 89 Tour de France, and I know this because if I preface it with it was the Greg LeMond winning over Laurent Fignon, it started in Luxembourg, my friend. This is, I, I can't just drop the mic. <laughs> How do you know this? <laughs> Actually, let me drop the mic. <laughs> How do you know this? Yeah, you know what? This is, this is a little bit sad, but even to this day, I sit up sometimes late in bed with YouTube finding 89 clips and my wife rolls over and looks at me and says can you just go to sleep please and multiple times I do this so I just know why uh, how it started in Luxembourg I just take comfort in the fact that this is actually quite sad (laughs) it's crazy yeah there's a few it's funny I don't live and breathe cycling when I'm not working but that is my little quirk that I have it's the YouTube get on it people it is awesome there's all this old vision it's fantastic absolutely so let's talk about the stage coming up tonight on SBS this is a team time trial first of all before we look at uh, the route and what we can expect why do we have team time trials that earlier on is it to ensure that all the teams have got all the riders ready and then none of them have already dropped out you've hit it on the head and actually I wouldn't have said that but that is exactly right because imagine if they have it in the the last week it's a dis- it'll be a disadvantage for some teams. Some teams are decimated by crashes and injury and illness, so they're down to four or five guys up against a team of eight. So you're dead right. They try and have it when they do. They don't always have them in the Tour de France, but when they do, it's generally in the first four or five stages. But this time, we've got this amazing first stage, which was almost like a, a Belgium classic. Then we've got a team time trial. Then very soon we'll, have, we'll go and hit the mountain. This Tour de France is only stage one. It's already shaping out to be crazy. Yes, I think, you know what I think about this Tour de France and, and really do, and I mean, in the other two is we've probably been slightly critical saying some of the stages are long and too long. They, and by the way, they do have some longer stages uh, in the back end. But the first week, I really liked the look of it. As you just mentioned, the first two stages and then that's stage six, La Planche de Belfi. And guess what? We've been there before. They've added an extra kilometre at the top of the climb because the road keep, continues on. And it is gravel. Who do you think? They've taken a leaf out of someone else's book. The hipsters of Fitzroy? (laughs) 
Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe they have contracted the the hipsters as consultants. <laughs> no, but the Giro. Yeah, absolutely, the Giro, and and you can we've seen it's been super popular. And jokes aside, gravel riding across the cycling world has become becoming more popular once again. It's back in vogue. So put it back in the bike race, and the riders don't mind, especially when it's uphill. It's not dangerous. Yes, it's hard and it's harder but it will make a brilliant spectacle. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, let's look at, at what uh, that course looks like. It's 27 kilometers, 27.6 exactly. Uh, it's Brussels to Brussels. So good news is that we don't have to go uh, too far, uh, you, you and me, to, uh, to follow this stage. But uh, what can we expect? What can we make of that, of that course? Look, uh, I don't think it's super technical. Uh, there will be some road furniture. It's right in Brussels. It starts at the Atomium and literally comes up and back on the same road. So not super technical. There will be road furniture, but it will take just a super strong team. It seems like there's fairly long straight stretches, but it will take, I think, a really powerhouse team. So a team like Ineos, you know, I know it sounds a bit boring, but they, they have a super strong team uh, for rides like this. But I do expect to see a couple of surprises. Uh, Mitchell and Scott, they won't surprise. They will be very good, no doubt about it. A team like Sunweb, they might be up there. And do you think Ineos can grab the yellow? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think they've got... Yeah, possibly the strongest team, but you have to deliver as a team unit, not as individuals. So if they can get the synergy right, yeah, they'll be a hard team to beat. But there'll be a few other teams. And like I say, I think there will be one or two that will actually pull out a bit of a surprise. So uh, you mentioned somewhere, I believe we have a, a clip from Michael Matthews that says a lot about these ambitions. Yeah, I think uh, with about 800 metres to go, I I thought I was going to win. I think I had the legs to finish it off today. But uh, yeah, we all stayed safe. I think that's the main thing on stage one. Um, we've got the triple T tomorrow, so um, yeah, full focus on that. That fight for the for the yellow still is alive. So he says the race for yellow is still on. He doesn't necessarily mention the team Thais trial, but the race for yellow is on. That means what it means. It, it well, it totally means they fancy themselves or they think they've got a, a shot at the team's time trial because after that, if you lose time, it'll be hard to get the yellow. So, and look, I agree. They have. They have. And. Uh, you know, Michael's demeanour after the stage, he was disappointed, but you could see it was a bit of a mischance. So I think he feels, I think he actually, you know, feels like he's, his legs are riding themselves in now. And, you know, he sort of said that in the grab that I think it was about halfway when he, uh, you know, he started to feel, feel good. And, and, a, and a sprinter, when you get into the last hour and if you're in that front group, I don't know what it is, but it's the adrenaline that lifts you up, even if you are having an average day. Uh, so, you know, Michael's a class act and he'll, he'll rally his teammates and the team will rally to try and produce the goods. The other thing I want to mention as well is that we discussed about, uh, about it in a, in a lead up to the tour many times, but I don't want to bang about Bardet all the time. But uh, if we look at the teams that are on the other side of the scale, so for tonight, all these teams, including AG2R, there will be teams that will be be trying to manage that time trial to ensure they are not losing time or they are losing as little as they can. Yes, absolutely. And, and it is a good point to bring it up because it's about limiting the losses uh, for Bardet and, and his squad. And look, when you look down his squad, he's actually got some pretty good riders for the team's time trial. Tony Galapan, uh, Matthias Frank. So yeah, they got a couple of little guiders as well in Villamoz, who was a, a late instalment, but Oliver Nason, another strong man. You know, he's a classics rider, Nason. So 
I think they've actually got a quite a good team. Uh, the team that I think might struggle a little bit more is Group Armour, FDJ, and you know one of my f- favourites, Thibaut Pinot. So I think for them it will be a, a bit more about limiting their losses. But they have got Stefan Kung in there, the Swiss uh, star. So you know they're not all strong men, but they have put a couple of strong guys in there. And again, it just shows the importance of the team's time trial. Stefan Kung, you know, he's a, he's a good rider, but on any other year with Group Armour, he may not have made the cut. But because there's a team's time trial, he's in that squad. Okay, and then one last thing. This is what we're going to do as much as we can, if we can, sometime uh, during this podcast. Domestic of the day, super domestic of the day. We want to name someone. What, who would be your super domestic of the day? All right, can I, can I, all right I've, I've got two options here. Not, maybe I'll let you choose uh, t- two options. And, and by the way, it can be anyone. It doesn't have to be a cyclist. So, but I have got one cyclist. Super domestic of the day, George Bennett. George, George Bennett. Yeah, George Bennett. You know, a, a fifth look, look who's passing by. A third star. It's Robbie McEwen. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Because <laughs> we had two other stars in the podcast today. So that's a third star. Them. Oh, well, thank you. It's good to be here. Enjoying it? Yeah, it was a great stage. It was good fun. I mean, you, you don't expect too much to go on during the day, but Van Avermaet really animated. You know, a guy like him being on the move early in a stage like that, you don't really expect it. But he got his reward. And then the end was, you know, unpredictable with that. that I mean, you would have expected a crash at some point, but that Kroonewerken goes down. And then on top of that, maybe the third string sprinter of the team steps up and wins. Unreal. Okay, a bit of honey for the trot. Yeah, going for uh, something cool and uh, fizzy. Thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> I'll fix it. <laughs> That's the third star in our podcast popping in. He, he, he deliberately walked past us just to get in. Hey, we are magnets. <laughs> now, where was I? Super domestic of the day. You had two choices. Yeah, so George Bennett. George Bennett was one of them. I mean, purely because of the work he did on the front around the flat roads of Belgium, and he's 50 kilograms ringing wet. Now, the other domestique, and this is like real teacher's pet. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Our producer, Catherine Whelan, I didn't even realise until this morning, she pulls out of the boot of the car a Nespresso coffee machine for our truck. And I tell you what, did that go down well? Okay, she wins. Yeah, she wins. <laughs> I think she has to win. We have to open it with her winning the first domestic day. Absolutely. And we are lucky this helicopter is going, so it's time to close this podcast. Thank you, Maka, and we'll see you uh, tonight and, and tomorrow morning on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. We've got to pace ourselves, though. Let's just settle into it nicely. Absolutely. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Remember that you can uh, download, subscribe to our podcast or stream our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central. Uh, you can, of course, schedule rides with our friends at Zwift. Until the next podcast, which will be tomorrow, it's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it. Your cycling buddies probably use it. And the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.